Kia ora tato. this is the blog post from the 3rd of December 2020. Lessons from Mahuika, Looking After Fire. You know Urutengangana, the atua of light, the eldest of te ratua, is the favourite. He's been the trickiest wānanga thought process to try and wrap my head around, the one I've had a fascination with for the longest time in regards to how we can engage with him or harness Uru on the daily, and it's his associations with light and perception that do it for me. Since we're covering the light part of our sequence, I thought I'd be coming at him from all different angles every week. Then we had Tane last week, and he's the Atu of the Forest and Pursuit of Knowledge and Light, our poster boy for Puraco and Stories, who couldn't have achieved any of it, including, but not limited to, separating heaven and earth to bring about Te Aumarama, the world of light, and retrieving Ngā Kete o Te Wānanga, the baskets of knowledge to attain enlightenment, which later led to the formation of Hineahuone, the earth form maiden, the first woman. Tāne could not have accomplished any of it had it not been for the efforts and contributions of others. Our pursuit of light and realisation of it is a collective effort. As I started to think about this week's post and how to share kōrero, Mahuika, the atu of fire, came to mind. In particular, her behaviour when Māui came to town and one by one lay waste to her children. She's portrayed as the old witch, greedy, keeping fire all to herself, and Māui, the man of the people, doing the honourable thing and tricking her into sharing her fire with him, with the world. Quickly, just think for a sec, who captured these stories from our tupuna, our ancestors, and what biases they had when documenting them? But don't think too hard. Now on to the second question. Think about your own fire. That one in your puku, deep, deep inside you, some call it passion, Calling, yearning, purpose, it could even be your inner child. Whatever you identify as that fire, how would you behave if someone came to snuff it out? If metaphorical expressions of Maui came to extinguish your flame and suck out all of the oxygen from the room and leave your flame to dwindle and die, what would you do? If we liken ourselves to Mahuika and think of our own expressions of light and fire as her fingernails, her tamariki, her children, how would you behave? What would it bring out of you to ensure no harm came to that fire? What can we take away from the Mahuika and Maui story to help us better look after our own fire, to fan it and keep it alive, but not too much that it grows out of control and the light consumes everything in its path, that we don't let it diminish and fade to darkness or protect it from being misused, abused or manipulated by others. Tēnā tato hana. Cool little quick one, uh, this time around I like trying to unpack the perspective that those Purako or that our Purako, all of them, uh, the lens by which they were observed or preserved by, so by Pākehā anthropologists um, who had their own biases, their own value system and their own lens which they uh, interpreted everything through. And so, like I mentioned in there, Maui's the man of the people and he's the poster boy, like he's the good guy, uh, taking uh, Mahuika's fingernails one by one uh, so that more people could, could enjoy fire. And that could be a perspective to it, uh, but very colonial type of energy with it as well. And then um, I really liked the layers to this kōrero, thinking about your fire. That one in your puku, deep inside you, some call it passion, calling, yearning, purpose, your inner child, however you identify that fire within you. 
how would you behave if someone came to snuff it out? And I've found for myself, all too often, I'll find myself in a position where I've let others do that. You know, metaphorical expressions of Maui came to extinguish your flame or suck out all of the oxygen and leave the flame to dwindle and die. Like, I don't think that's happened yet, but very often I can recall a few experiences where um, that flame has just become so weak because I've cared too much about what other people think, uh, that fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of feedback as well. And so I try to... I think hold on to that fire so much that I don't let it get any air at all, you know, and it starts to dwindle down and um, starts to fade away just to a flicker. And I don't know about you, but one of the, hmm, it's not like a moral of the story kind of thing, but one of the reflections I had while I was writing this and then also in reading it back right now is how I am both Mahuika and Maui in these scenarios. <laughs> I protect the fire and I'm so protective of certain aspects of my life. I'm trying to get better at doing that all around or with the people in my life, with those who I care about. Um, but also in some situations, I find myself personifying Maui as well and playing small with my life or with my skills or you know not really living my truth to put it plainly and if you can relate to that you're not alone I got you <laughs> I think there are good takeaways from both perspectives not to play so small or so protective of your fire uh, that it dies because it doesn't get any oxygen or any of the other elements that it needs to thrive um, but then also um, not letting others manipulate it abuse it or not let you embodying that flame as well and letting it grow and provide that heat that warmth that light and all the metaphorical expressions of that fire as well so the inspiration the light the love the warmth all of those things um, we can look at it from both those different perspectives so I think the more accurate title probably should have been lessons from Mahuika and Maui about looking after fire and so I hope you enjoyed that one and you're looking after your fire you're tending to it and you're aware of who you let tend to it as well and making sure they have good intentions that's our blog post for today I'll catch you on the next one